Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 42 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Rob of the Comic Box Podcast. How are you doing today, Rob? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, before we get too far in, uh, we want to know all about you. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, all right. Well, I, I am Rob. I like to promote myself as the friendly neighborhood comic geek. I have been reading comics since I could read. I imagine probably before that I sort of learned to read through comic books. Uh, I am a freelance copywriter living in Minnesota in the Twin Cities area. Uh, that means that I write marketing copy and that sort of thing. And for the last 13 weeks... I have hosted a podcast that is news, reviews, and whatever fun topics, uh, talking about comic books. Yeah, and we're excited to have you on to talk to you about that today, because right now you are my sole, my sole means of getting uh, up to date on what is going on in the comic book world. Oh, no, I'm so, the I, great. I apologize then. I don't, <laughs> oh, I, no, no, not at all. I, I, I have a couple different websites that I use for comic book news, and so before I record my podcast, I take like an hour... And I just, you know, try and boil down what I think are the big stories. But there's things that I never put in there because um, I as, as it stands right now, I do news in the comic book world. And then I also do, uh, you know, comic book related TV and movie news. But there's mm-hmm. like there's always Gotham news kind of things that I just kind of ignore because I don't watch Gotham. So I don't have any real frame of reference for any of that. Uh, so it's I I apologize if I'm your only source because I don't know that I'm a very good source. The whole point of the the comic box was um, my buddy Void, who hosts uh, Video Game News Now and the geek to geek podcast with Professor Beach. I'm part of the geek to geek podcast network. He was my college roommate. And when I saw he started getting into the podcasting thing, it's something that I wanted to do for years and i have several friends where we're always like yeah we're gonna do a movie review podcast because i'm a big movie guy i got a a film studies degree and i have a a friend that i i write with every once in a while out in new york and we're like we're going to do our comic book and comic book movie podcast or with he and i we we also talked about just doing a regular comedy podcast because we both um 
uh, we're also college friends and we, we both used to host television shows in college. And, um, so it's like, oh, we're going to do, and it just, nothing ever happened. I've done a couple test episodes, but we never got on a regular schedule. And so when Void started doing his, it was like, hey, I love what you're doing with the video game news podcast. I can totally do that with comics because that's just a thing I do every day is I go and I look at, you know, comic book headlines. And he's like, yes, perfect. We don't have that. So please do. And then it's since then kind of turned into its own thing. But um, yeah, I, 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 I enjoy doing it. I just don't know that I should be considered the end all be all. Because my reviews are simply the couple books I read that week. The news is just things that pop out at me personally. So it's more just a, here's what Rob is up to this week, less than, you know, the world of comics. But maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe that's, I'm losing listeners by the second. <laughs> you're, you're, you're revealing the man behind the curtain. <laughs> I am. That was a terrible thing. I know everything about comics always, and I can tell you the the issue page and panel of some of your favorite comic book moments. <laughs> all lies. Well, I mean, all honestly, lies. between you and uh, between you and Void, I, you're you're doing the the work that I am not able to do because um, you know just time wise and everything else, I can't keep up on on most of my the, the the video game news and the the comic book news, and so just having you guys, you know, on my fo- phone to keep up with what's going on, so I don't feel like I'm. <laughs> losing all my geek cred it does help me out considerably oh yeah and void's the same thing for me i'm not a huge gamer i'm not a massive video game guy but uh i obviously i I play video games i'm in that generation you know uh so i have games that i play but i'm not like a dedicated gamer i usually wait until things are on sale or i Mm -hmm. can borrow it from a friend or whatever but a lot of my friends are big into video games so Void's podcast is that, oh, so this is coming out, so that's what all of my friends are going to play. Um, so it prepares me to be, you know, left out of, of their gaming experience. Like, <laughs> well, it helps you be a little bit more conversational yeah. when you are hanging out with those people to be able to say, oh, yeah, I heard about that. Does it, does it look good? You're excited about it? And at least you know what you're talking about. Yeah, whereas with comics, I am very much the, the font of, of information where it, it's – not the water cooler conversation you're talking about that thing you both saw or did or went to or whatever. It's the, I'm just going to tell people things they don't know. Cause that's my specific group of friends. I have friends that read comics, but really only one friend that reads comics month to month, you know, mm-hmm. as well as I do. And he reads totally different series. So there's a couple he and I, I think are both into, we both like saga a lot, but beyond that, um, you know, he's he's reading the Star Wars comics and that sort of stuff. And uh, so I'm yeah, I'm that guy where I'm just, well, I'm going to tell you about it or we go and see. I, I just put up a podcast last night where my buddy Matt and I went and saw Suicide Squad and we have totally different tastes in movies. And he is mm-hmm. not a comic book fan at all. He knows a little bit as you just normally get through that, you know, um, what would you call it? It's early word usage um, <laughs> through a. a you know, just sort of um, through symbiosis, through contact, you sort of absorb mm-hmm, geek mm-hmm. knowledge from your geeky friends. And um, yeah, so that was a fun podcast, too. But it's that where he's like, I didn't understand any of this. Like, explain to me what's going on or explain to me who this is, because I know there's something I'm missing. <laughs> or maybe you're not. And we're all sitting there wondering why Captain Boomerang has been an entire movie and not thrown a boomerang. Yes. 
<laughs> Did you like the movie at all? Not really. Okay, good. Really. <laughs> I I I assumed, but you know, you know what they say about assuming. So I I was hoping that I wasn't going to get. Well, I actually liked it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, and, podcast over. And I am and I am never I am never insulted by people who who like things that I don't like. You know, I I was making fun of um, wrestling. I uh, I had a podcast with my buddy Liam. And uh, we were saying something about the WWE, how they were going to start making comic books. And, you know, I was just making fun of the fact that they call it the WWE universe. And I got multiple people not giving me flack about it, but contacting me to, like, explain to me, well, in reality, this is what they mean by the WWE universe. And I'm like, I mm-hmm. like I get it. I'm just making fun of them because it's not a it's not one of my fandoms. You know, so. Apparently that gives me license to rip on it. So in the in the same vein, I have people that you know will make fun of comic books and that sort of, and it, it doesn't bother me. I'm not that defensive about my, um, you know, geek, my geekitudes, as it were. I am not well, defensive sp- about that. Well, speaking of which, um, what what specific areas uh, do you feel like you have a high geekitude? Obviously, um, comic books are high, yeah. and video games are a little lower. Do you have any any specific areas in those that you feel like you're particularly strong or or weak? Uh, comic books and film, definitely. Uh, like I said, I have a a, a film degree. I, I went to college for television production. I was a TV guy for a while. Um, but I didn't need the degree to get the experience while I was there. So uh, I instead got a degree in print journalism. And then while I was there, my minor, which was film, became a major. So I, I stuck around for an extra year and got the, the second degree. So I would like to think that I know a lot about movies and film. I certainly didn't retain as much of that as I would have liked because of just late nights editing you know, my TV show and that sort of thing. But I would say comics and, and film. Um, a little bit of TV. I watch. I guess I can't even say most of the comic book TV shows anymore. There's too many of them. Like yeah, there really just, are you a can't, lot. You know, so I watch. You know, Arrow and Flash and um, uh, most of Walking Dead. I'm backlogged. I didn't uh, see the most recent season. Um, but mostly, I would say comics and movies are the only things that I really have the time to to stay in touch with. And then I certainly play video games. I have a couple games that I'm playing now. They're just older. Um, mm-hmm. And then same thing with m- music and books. When it comes to music, I'm a soundtrack guy. It comes from me being a film dude. I listen to uh, scores, film scores while I work because I can't write while I'm listening to other people saying words in my ears. Oh, as, as an English teacher, the number of times I've had kids when they're like writing essays in class or whatever say, well, can I listen to, to music? I'm like, uh, unless you're listening to classical or a film score, I don't know how you can have words going into your head and different worlds go- words going onto the paper. Like, I just don't get that. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it can be far enough in the background. I In high school, I used to do my math homework while listening to the radio, and that never bothered me. Um, yeah, and, I did that too. And I know Void listens, like, he crunches through a ton of podcasts, and that's because he, he listens to them while he works because he's coding or whatever, and I couldn't. There's no way I could listen to something that I, I'm trying to really focus on while I'm listening to. Um, yeah. And, um, boy, I don't know. Uh, what else? I guess th- I, I enjoy books. I read books. It's just the vast majority of what I read are comics. I have a couple topics that I'm that I'm big on when it comes to book books. You know, I like uh, entertainment biographies like Steve Martin's 
Uh, autobiography, Born Standing Up, is phenomenal. It's one of my favorite books. Uh, I've heard good things about that. That's kind of exciting to hear. Yeah. And then there's a couple other things that I dig. You know, I read all the Game of Thrones books, and I've read, uh, you know, the Lord of the Rings series. And um, Not to say that I'm a big fantasy book reader. I tend to lean more towards, like I said, the biographies or interesting fact books. There's, um, oh, what was it? Uh, Mental Floss History of the World was a really good read. I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan of Mental Floss, where it's just all these. I love Mental Floss. Yeah, so they had their book, His, Their History of the World. Really, really good read. Um, and I enjoyed that one a lot. So it's, but it's, I'm kind of all over the board, I guess, but definitely, um, on my sleeve, I guess, and certainly on my t-shirts is comic books and, uh, and movies. Now, do you have a, a particular comic book, either company or, or title that is your favorite fandom? No, um, that changes so often. And sometimes there's characters that I like to follow. I'm a fan of Moon Knight. Um, mm -hmm. more so just because I love how much the character changes every time they do a volume. It's one of those things where you can either get upset about it or really enjoy it. So it's, I, when it comes to comics, it's more, I like specific runs of comics. If there's one character, I would say that I've, I've always, oh, that's my phone. Sorry. If there's one, okay. if there's one character that I follow, it would be Green Lantern. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up with the Kyle Rayner version and then they swapped back over to Hal Jordan. Uh, but I have stuck with, Green Lantern since I think Kyle Rayner was first introduced. I've I've read every issue. And um boy, I'm trying to think. I I was big on Spider-Man when I was a kid, but then it turned into the Clone Saga and I just couldn't keep up. Same with X-Men. Liked X-Men but could not keep up with all the crossovers. Well, and I think so that that puts you uh, age-wise, I think that that kind of lines you and I up because I remember when when the Clone Wars stuff came out and I was just like I don't get any of this. Yeah, like I and I think that's a little bit where I dropped out of comic books. Yeah, and I think that happened to a lot of people in the 90s there where comic sales were soaring into the millions of copies, which is ridiculous. Um cuz now, you know, 100,000 issues sold is really good, I think. Mm -hmm. And there was just so many and all the different covers and all the different crossovers. Spider-Man had like five books or something. So I think there was, I'm trying to remember if they had the normal Spider-Man and then amazing Spider-Man, spectacular Spider-Man, web of Spider-Man. Um, oh my God, I'm having, I'm having comic book flashbacks. Right. <laughs> that number, you know, and it, they go through those sort of things. There's times when Wolverine has a lot of, of series, Deadpool. Certainly there was a time, and still now there's a couple, but there was a time where Deadpool was in, you know, five different books. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, Marvel just focuses on what's doing well at that time and then really cranks it out. But no, I I enjoy indie comics just as much if it's well written and the art is coherent. I have trouble mm -hmm. with really artistic art sometimes. Like, you know, there's times I can get behind it, like 30 Days a Night. You know, it's that very painted um, style. It works for the story. I can get behind that. But there's times where if the art is too far out there or it's too um, has too heavy of a style, I am just not enough of an art fan. So I like mm. it where it makes sense. You know, I like my comic books reading like storyboards for a movie. Yeah, I keep it clean. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but then there's certainly like exceptions. Uh, uh, J.H. Williams, the third who um, did. Uh, uh, Batwoman, like the spreads of that book are insane. Like I was trying to read it digital. I just couldn't. 
So I started mm-hmm. picking up trades because you have to be able to open that every page is a two page spread and it's this super intricate, just gorgeous, like that book you read for the artwork. So there's there's some of those. But yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling again. But to answer your question, not really. I like Moon Knight and Green Lantern. Uh, there's certain characters I've been drawn to over periods of time, but it's usually because of the run, you know, like mm-hmm. Garth Ennis on Punisher. Yes. But Punisher in general, no. Like, I'm not going to go back and pick up a bunch of back issues of uh, Battle Van or or War <laughs> Journal or whatever. Well, cool. I, 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 I respect that because the, the, there's a, a fluidity to it. Like, I, you're willing to, to kind of go where your interest takes you, where I think a lot of people fixate on this is my thing. And... Um, and I think that, as we've seen as of late, that can cause um, some problems, as we will talk about in the news. Yeah, yeah. But one of the one of the things I think that's important to note there is it is usually fairly easy for you know jumping on and jumping off. There's creators like uh, Brian Michael Bendis who was on Spider-Man Ultimate Spider-Man through I think the whole thing, like just years and years and years. So there's there are those types of series where you kind of lock in on that book. But because comic books today, like not so much really in the, the 90s, but it got more popular, they focus on the creative teams being a bigger deal mm-hmm. rather than the characters being a bigger deal or just the series, which is different in terms of like television shows where people are like, I'm a, uh, we had a supernatural convention in town this weekend. So it's the I'm a supernatural fan or I'm a Buffy fan. You're not necessarily paying attention to who's writing each and every episode, right? right? Or who's directing each and every episode. Like we can all say we like Joss Whedon or whatever, as far as Buffy is concerned, but he's not writing every episode. He's just kind of guiding the ship. So it's very yeah. different in that with TV shows, you can fall in and be like, I'm a fan of the X-Files. And so, you know, I own every single season and and then I get it again on Blu-ray and I'm a huge fan of that show. And that's easier because they don't focus on this one is written by this person. This one is directed by this person. Um, mm-hmm. So I think as far as fandom is concerned, like I, it, it's nice to be able to do that. But, you know, I wouldn't give it as much credit as somebody who, say, follows very specific, you know, television writers or, or directors or that sort of thing as, you know, just comparing fandoms or, or uh, media, you know. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I think that's a little bit, you know, we can talk about this a little bit more when we, we hit our, our feature where we talk about comic books specifically. But oh, yeah. um, uh, I think that's a little bit of where I I lost a little bit of my comic book um, enjoyment is that I feel like in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a lot of changing of those teams, um, the creative teams. And every time they changed, the the entire focus of the book changed. Right, and so it was hard to kind of zero in on. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the X Men because I really like the X Men. Well, every six months they changed creative teams and you know dropped all the plot lines of the previous team and brought in a whole nother set. Yep. And and so I I it, it makes sense when you put it that way because you're right. The the creative teams really do make a huge difference when it comes to comic books. Yeah, and that's very true too because when comics go through arcs or through creators. The look of the book changes. The cast of the book changes. You know, people are like, well, I don't like that side character. Boom, you're gone. And sometimes seasons of TV shows will do that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like my wife and I are 
we'll just pick up a random show on Netflix and like that'll be our show for a while. We just started watching that 70s show again. And like in the first season, uh, Donna has a little sister. And I don't know if that character is ever really mentioned again outside of that first season. Uh, it, and just those, you know, so there's times where some of those things get dropped, but it's very like snuck on the side unceremonious where in comic mm-hmm. books they're like, nope, I don't like these people. We're going to kill them all and replace them with new characters. Right. So it's, right. it's almost like watching uh, American Horror Story where you have to take it in as an anthology series, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything out there right now that you would highly recommend that people just don't know about? Oh, boy, that is a really, really good question. Um, yes. Uh, anybody who listens to my podcast knows that I am a fanboy for Greg Rucka and his writing. Mm-hmm. And I am really enjoying Lazarus right now. He has four volumes out, and they're out in trades. And then there's one, like, special issue, and I think he has another one on the way. Uh, but just as something that I've never heard anybody else talk about because there's under other indie books that are great like saga is really good it's very adult uh rat queens is very good also very adult it likes to have a a very adult sense of humor about it and there's some nudity and stuff in that comic so maybe rat queens if you're a fan of just really dumb fantasy um you know very kind of vulgar humor and then lazarus if you want something that's a little more sophisticated or whatever but, yeah, there, there's some books that are coming out through Image and uh, other indie stuff that people don't really know about that are really, really good. Yeah, I actually went in and asked uh, for uh, Rat Queens at my local store uh, based on your uh, coverage of it a little. I think it was yours. It was either yours or Beige. Um, and uh, and he does not carry it. And I didn't know if I was going to stick with it long enough to ask him to. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to find it through other means and see how it is. It's, it's good. I mean, especially the, the first volume and stuff. Eventually there was an issue where the, the artist got in trouble with the law and was no longer on the book. Um, and so the change of artist was a little weird, but the writing is, is still pretty consistent and it's, grown into a longer narrative outside of that first volume. But that first that first volume is a really, really good intro. And the nice thing about Image, and I believe they continue to do this, is the first volume of all of their books when they collect in a trade is only ten bucks versus the normal oh, awesome. fifteen or twenty or, you know, however, depending on the size of the trade. So you can always introduce yourself to a new book and it's not as big of a financial risk, I guess. And then there's also Hoopla, which I'll talk about when in your your uh, keep it geek section, which is an amazing thing. Okay, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that because I I'm, I was going to ask you what that is that that I'm I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a way to try new uh, new stuff for free. Cool, cool. Um, anything other than um, the comic box you're working on now that you'd like to put out there? Nope, that's pretty much it. Uh, I I do other things. I do other creative things. But they are in – well, I guess if there's other people in Minnesota, come Labor Day weekend, I will be in Duluth. Uh, my buddy Bob and I are a sort of acoustic comedy duo. Uh, we call ourselves Brob because he's Bob and I'm Rom, so together we are Brob. And <laughs> uh, we are uh, the first performers at the Duluth Superior Pride Festival this year, which is pretty cool. Oh, awesome. They decided to do local acts, and as far as where – 
Brav is low. Well, I guess we are Brav. I had to change the name of it because there's another band out there called Brav. So this being our first big gig, it was like, oh, no, do I actually have to change the name of, of the band just to make it easier for people to find us online? Um, but, uh, yeah, so if we're local anywhere, I guess it's Duluth. He lives in Duluth. I used to live there. Uh, so we, we were playing up there together for tourist events and, and stuff like that. Um, so that's going to be fun. But that is really it. I am far too busy to pick up any other creative outlets right now. I I hear you. I hear you. Podcasting takes up some time. Yeah, and surprisingly <laughs> so. For me, it was like, yeah, I can sit in front of a microphone, you know, for an hour a week and talk about comics because I normally don't have anybody else to talk to comics about. So a microphone will be my best friend. But mm-hmm. then there's, you know, it takes a lot of time to, to edit it. And then the research was the thing that surprised me is just putting together an outline and going and finding all of the different news and stuff like that. Uh, and hunting down facts and then creating my uh, show notes and, you know, linking everything together and stuff. I was kind of surprised on how long that took. So now it becomes a, when am I going to find time to do it? And that's really the reason I don't have a steady co-host is just my schedule changes week to week so much. Right. So I do, you know, guess whenever I can, which works. Yeah, no, and, and mine's, I, I do guests. I mean, primarily this is an interview show and, uh, and just, just, Getting and organizing guests is is quite the time management thing. Yeah, because everybody has a different schedule. Everybody has a different um, different needs, and um, and just you know, I think you were you were one of the easier ones where it was just like, do you want to? Sure. All right. What time? Done. Yeah. Where there's some people who you know you go back and forth, and then they change, and and after a while you're just like, okay, so. Yeah, I will be talking to you in about six months. Yep, <laughs> that's okay. Also, one of the benefits of being freelance and having my own little, uh, you know, sort of audio booth thing set up, where all I got to do to be on somebody else's show is, yeah, just sit down and and chat for a while. And that's fine by me. I love it. Awesome. Well, we're happy to have you. All right, we're going to transition into uh, keeping it geek this week, yeah. and um, I don't do any any fun uh, mouth percussion like you do. Uh, <laughs> That's right. We didn't transition. We didn't mention that yet, did we? No, uh, but uh, I, I've had a uh, I'd say a moderately geeky week this week. Um, on Friday night, I went to the one anniversary, the first anniversary of the Nerd Out app. Um, and we had what is the nerd out app the nerd out app is a basically a calendar app for geeks and so you can go on there and go to your hometown and see all the different kind of geek flavored events that are going on at any given time oh, cool yeah it's a really cool really cool app we had l from um from nerd out here on one of our very first episodes i'd say somewhere in the top 10. And um and so she invited us to her her gathering. It was at the Perky Nerd in Burbank. And it was great. It was this awesome co- uh, coffee shop slash comic book shop and got to talk to all sorts of fun people. I got to talk to uh, a guy who works at a an event venue in Santa Ana that is basically dedicated to esports. Wow. Yeah, I'm like, "Wow, you have like some people's dream job." Yeah. I was like, "Yeah." I'm really lucky. <laughs> uh, talked to some cosplayers, talked to a really cool librarian who, you know, me being an English teacher, her being a librarian and us working maybe 
you know, realizing we work about 15 minutes away from each other mm-hmm. are like, well, do you know this book? Do you know this story? Do you know, like, and we were just swapping ideas and we need to collaborate. And so it was a very, very, very fun evening. Cool. I like that. Um, I am also a big, uh, Blizzard gamer. Okay. So, uh, this last week, I have been playing a lot of World of Warcraft because the expansion's coming out at the end of the month, and they're doing all their pre-expansion stuff, and this is the first time in maybe a half a dozen years that I feel like WoW is on the top of its game. Good. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if you've ever played. I played WoW a little bit. I've done some MMOs, the ones I have currently on my computer are uh, Lord of the Rings Online, because I'm a big Lord of the Rings nerd, and mm-hmm. uh, DC Universe Online, because I'm a big DC nerd. Um, but both of those remain unupdated and untouched for months at this point. I just moved on to other games. And I, I also used to play uh, Matrix Online. I was a big Matrix Online guy. That was sort of my first MMO experience right when that came out. I was there at launch um, and played that. So I've I've touched... Warcraft, you will be um, maybe not super happy with the the podcast I just released. My buddy Matt was a huge EverQuest guy, and so mm-hmm. he he rips on uh, World of Warcraft just a little bit. He's like, not like these WoW punks these days. He's like, we were real MMO <laughs> gamers. We're just you what? grind for days and days and days to get next to nothing. It's so funny because I was talking to the guy who works for the. Um the esports venue and we talked a lot of wow because you know we're both playing the the legion pre-patch event and um and we were talking about that how how it has so completely changed over the years where back in the day you would have to go all the way across the world and and no there was no grouping of quests so you would pick up a quest in one area that was nowhere close to you and you'd have to travel just 20 minutes to 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 find where you needed to be and yeah and they've they've done a lot of quality of life stuff too because we're all older now and we don't have that time it's true so yeah and so it it has changed but right now this is the like they they have um it's a legion event so uh you know, basically demons are attacking in random places throughout the the world of Warcraft. And when you enter a zone, the um, it puts you kind of in an instance. So that way you and whoever's in that zone at the time can do what you need to do. And it's, it's structured so you all go to whatever the maiden town is in that zone and you fight off demons. And then you go and spread out through the zone and defeat demons and then you get called back to the 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 town and it gives you that feeling of kind of randomly joining into a fight wherever it happens to be and it's very collaborative and it's very you know both sides both alliance and horde are are fighting beside one another it is it is a very epic feeling event and i think they've they haven't had something like this in a very very long time that's one of the things that i like about MMOs when they do that right. Uh, Like in in Lord of the Rings Online, what I really love is there's an immersion factor. I'm on the role-playing server there. I'm not a huge role-player in there. I enjoy it, but um, Mm. I can't get into it as deep as they do because I don't know as much as they do, and they've been playing for years. You always go to, like, 
the the prancing pony and there's somebody there like playing music and I sent a message one time be like oh that's kind of cool and in that game you can have an instrument and have a file on your computer and you type to play the file and your character will play that song in the game and I was like oh like what song is that whatever and the person was like I wrote that myself which meant they sit there and typed out the text file in order to make their character play this original song they did and that to me just blows my mind but my issue is I'm a low level guy and I'm always whenever I would play Lord of the Rings online is I'd always be struggling to find other people to do the missions or the quests that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the idea of a bunch of people getting together. Like at the rare occasions I could get a full party to go and take on a certain quest. It was always a lot of fun. So I, I totally get what you're saying and I'm really happy that they're doing that because I think that should be the point. Like there's fun times where you can go out and run around and do your own thing, but the whole point of an MMO, in my opinion, is the ability to get a ton of people together doing one thing at the same time. Yeah, and and that's one of the things that they've done to really, I think, make it easier for people to join in with their friends. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, decided, hey, I want to start playing with, you know, Joe or whatever, and um, you you bought the next expand- expansion, it comes with a boost that takes your character up to where everybody else is. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so you can start with everybody else. It's it's and they they I've never done the intro quest that they supposedly teach you how to play that character, but I've heard that it's become much better so that you don't even feel lost having all these powers that you're not used to to working with. So they really are trying to make a push to allow people to be able to play with their friends no matter where they're coming into the game. I like that. And there's no animosity there of people being like, I've been grinding for months to get this, and all you had to do was log in, and they gave it to you? Well, not so much because we all get one, because everybody has to buy the expansion. Mm-hmm. So everybody can take you know a character that they don't feel like grinding up to 100. Oh, so it's a new and- character. It doesn't take an existing character in... You you can take an existing character. Okay. Um, you can you know I think if you if you have a character up to sixty, which is the the max level for the original game, mm-hmm. um, you get max level um, professions when you boost him up to one hundred. But you could take a level one, a brand new level one, and boost him. It's it's completely up to you. Okay. And so I think because everybody can do it, I think it's it's okay. And um, Hopefully the people who do come into the game are coming in because they know somebody else who will kind of guard them from the, any any animosity that happens to be out there. Right. So, so it seems to be working out pretty well. Cool. Yeah. And the only other thing is is uh, Hearthstone uh, One Night in Karazhan has just released. It's the the trading card game that Blizzard does, and uh, they they've released an adventure. So you're playing against the computer, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun. It's just kind of silliness and and if that is your jam, I highly recommend people check it out because it's a lot of fun. We, I keep hearing Void and Beach talk about it. I feel like that's a thing that – because I know you can play it on mobile. It's just in my mind trying to play a card game on my uh, – I have an iPhone 5. It feels like I don't know that my screen would be big enough because I, I have uh, – on Steam, I have Magic 2014 or 2015 mm-hmm. that I play every once in a while with my brother, both – I have two older brothers. They were both uh, big Magic kids growing up, so I would always just play with their cards. Um, so I like I'm I'm down with the idea of it. It's just that thought of you know trying to do it on a very small screen um, just concerns me. I don't know. Like, what do you what do you play on for Hearthstone? I I did play a little bit on the why well, I play primarily on my computer just because it's it's easy. Right. But 
Um, but I did play on my iPhone 5. But when I bought my when I upgraded, I I got the iPhone 6 Plus mm-hmm. because I wanted a bigger screen for for when I game and specifically for Hearthstone because it's one of those that I usually play you know at least through the daily mission every day. Mm-hmm. So um, and and you can play on the the smaller phones. It's certainly not terrible, um, but I do enjoy having the bigger screen to use it. Just it makes you feel like you have a little bit more room so, to work with. But it is sort of like a magic kind of card game yeah like yeah absolutely okay. it's it's a little as as with anything uh blizzard it tends to be a lot more simplified and a lot more easily accessed That's I, nice. I feel like magic is very complicated if you haven't gotten into it on the ground floor mm. I, and, and i'm sure uh, it probably got more complicated because i remember we our all of my brother's magic cards was like ice age was the very first expansion or whatever that uh magic did as far as i'm aware and I remember they had cards from that, and I think that's it. So mm-hmm. it was very much like simple enough to me, untap, upkeep, draw, and then, you know, lots of reading little tiny specific rules for cards was the only part that ever got annoying because you had to try and keep those weird little things in mind versus the general, you know, game. Yeah, the biggest difference, I think, is because it's all electronic, they have a lot more random effects because they can just do that. Sure. And so you'll have like, you know, we'll do a random one damage when you play a card or we'll do um, the the big character that they have right now is you play a card. And for every spell you've cast up until that point, it casts a random spell. So it's just chaos on the board. (laughs) And it's not necessarily chaos that that benefits you. So it's kind of one of those, you know. I'm going to I'm going to lose anyway so I'm playing this card and hoping it will get me uh back into the game. Um but I think that's a little bit of the draw of it is that it it does have this kind of wacky randomness to it. And then as a Blizzard game, does it have characters from the other Blizzard games like there are there Diablo characters and stuff in there? It it's actually all just World of Warcraft characters. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so so it's I think the full title is actually Hearthstone Heroes of Warcraft. Oh, gotcha. All right. Yeah, because I was I was a Diablo guy. I know I haven't touched three. Um, I was put off by the always online part. Mm-hmm. Um, though mm-hmm. I have friends that play it still all the time and have a blast with it. Uh, but I love Diablo and Diablo two. Um, so that's that's too bad. <laughs> I would have yeah. I would have liked a, a game with the uh, uh, Diablo characters and stuff mixed in. But that's fine. I still find. I mean, I I played. Um, I played Warcraft and Warcraft 2 and obviously the expansion. I played a little bit of Warcraft 3, um, but I am not a top-down guy. My brother is big into those sort of games, the real-time strategy games, and, and Dota 2 especially. He's put uh, an ungodly number of hours, in my opinion, into Dota 2. Um, I've just never been that big on strategy. I like my gaming to be very basic, and I want to run in and hit things and be done and, and walk out, you know, I, I'll take a good, yeah, I'm right there with good you. story and stuff, but I, my time that I have these days to commit to games is so limited. There's always something else that needs to be done or, you know, I want to spend time with my wife and she doesn't really play games outside of, um, you know, a very select couple like, you know, Lego pirates, you know, is one that we've, you know, <laughs> and that sort of thing. Uh, but in general, she's not a gamer. So if I'm, I want to go and do something in the evening, it's usually not, uh, gaming, so yeah, I'm very much the get in and get out um, kind of gaming thing person. 
<laughs> well, on that note, what what things did you do to keep geeky this week? All right, so for this week, uh, it's been a lot of watching things. Uh, I'm trying to catch up on some shows and things that are up on Netflix. And again, uh, things that I do that my wife doesn't do because she's not in the comics. She's not really a video game person. And mm-hmm. uh, she doesn't do horror or, or right. a lot of genre. She'll do comic book movies and stuff. Um, so I finally was able to start watching Penny Dreadful and try carving out mm-hmm. some time. So I finished the first season of Penny Dreadful. I am two episodes in on Stranger Things. I stayed up late last night to start watching that. Um, I have on here Planetary Volume 1, and that sort of ties into Hoopla. So on my show, I have um, supported libraries. Uh, I say libraries. It's a joke from a movie a lot of people probably don't remember, Dead Man on Campus. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But going to the library and, I mean, they need to bring people in. People don't just don't go to the library too often anymore. So now they have collections of movies and uh, graphic novels and um, anime, if you're an anime guy. And I am not, but they, you know, they have big sections of this stuff now in their, you know, young adult area or whatever. Um, And so I have a friend who almost exclusively reads comic books he gets at the library. I have discovered new series that way. And then I found this app called Hoopla. And I have no idea how long this has been around, but you sign up, you put in your library card information, and it finds your library, and it gives you access to their digital uh, catalog, and that includes comics. So there are oh, wow. ebooks, there are you, there's TV shows, movies, whatever. The only thing I don't like is you're limited to four selections a month, and then when it comes to ebooks and TV shows and stuff, you're almost always going to be dealing with something older because obviously Mm -hmm. if you're just taking it with you and it's on your phone, they're like, well, they're going to want you to go buy it. Like you're not going to find the Harry Potter books, you know, in ebook form on Hoopla. Uh, And I was sad to find, like I said, you only get four things because I saw they had the Adams family on there. And I I was like, you know, that might be kind of fun to go back and watch the Adams family, you know, television show, but you only get four a month and each episode counts as one. And it's like, oh, that's not worth it. You can find them on, you know, YouTube or whatever. But right. that was how I was finally able to get a hold of Planetary, which was a comic that was suggested to me via uh, Twitter by a listener. And I always try and see if I can hunt down things. If a listener says, hey, you should read this and talk about this, I want to be able to do that because I'm always excited to discover something new. So I read the first volume of Planetary, um, and then I just two days ago, as far as gaming is concerned, I downloaded the Contest of Champions Marvel game. Ah, uh, yes. The iPhone, which is a simple tap the other guy to punch them in the face, you know, sort of fighting game. And I've been enjoying it, though. I like that they have so many different versions. Like, I came up against an Old Man Logan version of mm-hmm. Wolverine, and I think that's very cool. Um, and I was trying to find the one that uh, Beej was talking about on the geek to geek podcast, and now I'm thinking this probably isn't it. But, uh, yeah, I was just looking for a new cell phone game to play. Uh, and then the other games I'm currently playing, I don't know if I play them this week. No, I did. I played uh, South Park, The Stick of Truth this week. The other one I have is um, Shadow of Mordor, but I haven't gotten to that in a while because it's been a really busy week. But I did carve out a little bit of time to play um, a mission or two on Stick of Truth. I'm a big South Park fan, and that game is fantastic. Yeah, I want to I wanna get um, the next one when it comes out. 
And uh, um, we had our, our nephew here for the last three weeks, and he really wanted to watch South Park. He's 13. So he's right right at the age yep. where it's like, well, it's questionable, but we'll allow it. Yeah. And um, and he was like, well, if you want to play that game, I know which episode you need to watch. <laughs> so I was trying to work my way through, but that that show is so far into their you know, I think they're on season 20 this year or something like that. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, so I was like, well, I I tried to start working through from the beginning, and I was like, no, I'm going to have to just jump in, and if I don't get the references in the game, I I, I will just have to do without. And, I'll go back and find and them. The, dames, the game certainly has some deep cuts, but some of them are just really as simple as, like, you get to open, like, Kyle's closet or Stan's closet, and you mm-hmm. or, and, or Butters, or whatever, and you just look in, and there's just... It's just a single screen. It's literally like, here's all of your Easter eggs. Now let's move on with the game because nice. you, you don't do anything in their closet. You just get to see items and things from every season, you know, just being like, oh, I forgot about that. And, oh, I forgot about that. And then beyond that, there's things like, you know, you, you run into Mr. Hanky. I'm at the part in the game where you're you're helping him find his kids, um, you know, and so there's there's little things like that. But for the most part, I feel like you can play the game. And just enjoy the game or have only seen a little bit of South Park. It's just every once in a while there'll be things there where you're like, I don't understand why Butters just turned into an anime character, you know, when he turns into <laughs> Professor Chaos um, and that sort of thing. But no, I mean, it's it's definitely a game for the fans, but I, I think you don't need to get super deep into the show in order to enjoy the game. Well, that's good to know. So that may, that may push my... my uh purchase of of because i think if you get the um the fractured but whole yes. uh you get the stick of truth for free now you do and i kind of wish i had done that i want to say that was actually being promoted when i bought stick of truth but it was so cheap on the steam sale it was one of those like you know i i can wait because in the end i'll be spending less money because i'm mm-hmm. sure i'll get the game but i'm gonna it's gonna be a while before it happens i'm very much the guy i gotta wait for it to be like you know, maybe 15, usually 10 bucks or less before I'm willing to spend the money because I know I'm not going to be putting the time into it or it's going to take me forever to play the game. So the excitement level isn't there for me to spend 60 bucks on a brand new game and dive into it. I'm just not going to have that kind of time. Yeah, no, I, there are very few game franchises that I will invest right off the bat. If it, you know, my, my World of Warcraft I stay current with mm-hmm. and uh, I'll buy expansions for for Hearthstone, but I think that's about it. Like everything else, uh, I, I try and wait until it goes on sale because I'm like, I'm the same, same as you. I know I'm not going to have the time to play it, so you know I don't want it just sitting there taking up money. Right, and with comics, it's the same thing of buying trades versus single issues. Like I still go to the store every month and buy uh, single issues of Buffy the Vampire Slayer because it's continuing the show in the comics now. And mm-hmm. I think there's one issue left of this season, and then I'm done because I – I will end up with a stack of almost a year's worth of comics and I just won't have time to get to them because I just, Mm -hmm. I don't do what I used to where you go and you get your comics and then you go and you sit down and you immediately just devour the comics you bought that month. So I very much shifted away from single issues and into trades where it's, I can take this and then if I'm flying somewhere or I'm, you know, going up to the cabin for a while or something, then I can, um, bring a trade with me and I can sit for 20 minutes and, and enjoy it. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I am going to move us on to the news. 
Um, we just got. We actually have a couple of things this week, which is nice. Um, Star Trek is the, you know the the new Star Trek series Discovery is coming out mm-hmm. next year, and they have announced that uh, there's going to be a very diverse cast. Uh, they are going to have a um, a female lead, but she's not a captain. She's going to be a lieutenant commander, and I I was a little confused as to what that means. Um, but they are going to have an openly gay character, and they are also going to have a bunch of um, a lot more alien races than they have had previously. Usually they have like two or three, but I guess the majority of the cast is going to be from different races because they're really trying to promote this idea of having to get along with cultures that are not your own. Right. Which I think has always kind of been there in the show, certainly in like deep space nine. Um, Mm -hmm. but good, good for them. Yeah. Now are you a big, uh, Star Trek fan? I grew up with, um, next generation. I was a big next generation guy. I have my, Mm -hmm. my nerd shelf, in uh, our storage room, I have one shelf with just my nerdy things on it, and I have my tricorder proudly uh, nice. taking its its position there. I I watched Voyager, but I don't think I saw the whole show. And I've done on Netflix all of Next Generation and then straight into all of uh, DS9. I have not seen a single episode of Enterprise. I've seen all of the Next Generation movies. Um, and I have seen the first two of the reboot. I haven't seen this most recent Star Trek one. So I'm, I like Star Trek. I was always Star Trek over Star Wars, personally. Mm-hmm. But it is not something that I consider my big fandom. There was certainly a time growing up where that was the case. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be waiting in line to see the new Star Trek show, and I certainly didn't run to the theaters to see the new Star Trek movie. So I, I like... I like the universe, but I never got that deep into it. Yeah, I was deep maybe in junior high. I, I, I really liked Next Generation. That was my, my geek jab back then. But um, I, I started out not being excited about this because, you know, it's going to be mostly on all access. And so, so I don't really want to have to pay for something extra to see it. Yeah. But my husband and I are really seriously considering cutting the cable cord. And so if that's the case, it it may not be so unreasonable to to add that into everything else we're paying for and still pay less than we do now. Sure. So I and, and the more I hear about it, the more I'm I'm starting to get kind of those old junior high uh nostalgia feelings going. So I'm I'm thinking I may I may be jumping on the bandwagon. Right on. And that is the goal though. They they are shooting for that nostalgia. That's most things. It's ninety percent of of media today is, is shooting for nostalgia feelings. Um, but yeah, no. And I, I support, we don't have cable. Like we are strictly streaming. We just have internet. Um, back when we both worked in television, we always had basic cable because we needed to be able to, to monitor our own stations from time to time. Uh, Mm -hmm. my wife more than myself, but, um, yeah, like I, it seems like such a jerk move to be like this brand new show, which is massive and people, are going to get really excited about good now give us money for it. Yeah. And then yeah, exactly. I don't know if all access is like Hulu which has always bothered me and that you're paying for their service but they're still going to make you watch commercials like normal. So there's mm-hmm. literally no difference between that and just I guess it's just that it's cheaper than having cable and uh 
a, a TV or a box that can record the show for you, except in that case, you can skip over the commercials. Right. You know, so I've, I guess I get it. Like it makes sense for everybody, everybody to be moving towards this paid content um, sort of formula, but then you'd better be able to bring enough content to do it. You know, I don't like the idea of people going and paying just for Star Trek, unless you can pay just for the one show. Like that'd be novel. But yeah, I, I mean, if you could buy it off that. of iTunes or something like that pretty quickly after it releases, I'm I'm all on board. Because we, we calculated that if we just kind of straight out bought on iTunes every show that we watched, mm-hmm. it would be considerably less expensive than um, than what we're paying for cable. Oh. And we're already paying for Netflix and, um, and Hulu, yep. and I feel like one more in there somewhere. And so HBO Go. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, well, we're already paying for all of this. So, you know, if we can save a little bit of money. Yeah, because well. that's a lot of money you're paying for content that they're trying to get you to buy in a package with a bunch of stuff you don't want. So Yeah, because we're not sports guys. No. Nope. So a good portion of what we're paying for in cable is sports. Yep, and I, that's, I'm right with you. I don't sports. Nope. Um, the other thing that I th- found was interesting kind of ties into that, you know, your identity being just kind of wrapped up in one fandom. Um, Warner Brothers and DC is being sued uh, for false advertising in the Suicide Squad trailers. I did not um, see this. Yeah. Uh, just by a fan, I think in Scotland, <laughs> who said that he drove this ridiculous distance to see the film and scenes that were promised in the trailers were not in the film. And so therefore he is, he is suing. Well, I know there was a couple jokes that were cut. I mean, I know there's, there's the bar scene in the trailer where Harley Quinn is sort of serving as, as bartender and uh, uh, El Diablo says he wants water. And she says, that's a good idea. I know. I remember that that wasn't in the film, right? But I, that's, I don't, I don't think that's going to work out for that fan because <laughs> no no well and it's funny because it says something about I, i'm not seeing it in the article right now but it says his brother is is his in 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 air quotes lawyer <laughs> <laughs> so i don't think this is going well for for anybody no. uh, but you know if, if you're, this is this is where because very often we'll talk about you know, being a good fan on on this show, and and this is not an example of that. No, I, I'm with you. But I so. people, when you get passionate, like that is the whole thing of of fandom. And um, I'm I'm a fan of Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman podcast, and mm-hmm. one of the big things that he points out in that show, which I do very hard try to take to heart, is that it's never worth getting that upset over. It's like, just be amazed that a thing like a Suicide Squad movie even exists, even if you don't like it that much. Yeah, exactly. Just the, how amazing is it to live in a world where we have these things? And yes, it, it's not necessarily what you want it to be, but I guess I try and look at it as Elseworlds, you know, um, which are the mm-hmm. DC comics, which take place in a completely different universe. It's not normal continuity. And it's just... This is somebody else's interpretation of that story. If you don't like that Batman movie, that's okay. Out of the hundreds and thousands of Batman stories that have been told, there's probably one or two of those you don't like as well. It's just this had millions of dollars behind it, and if it's bad, you probably won't see more. 
it's just people are so passionate and I love that passion. Like I, I'm so impressed by it, but I try very hard now not to take things that seriously. And it's tough with certain things. Usually I just feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities. There's movie series I'm a fan of or movies whose uh, the premises for the movies are really promising. And then the movies are giant letdowns. I think Suicide Squad is one of those. Uh, yeah. But I wasn't the one making it, and I wasn't the one with studio executives telling you you have to change everything or else you're off the project and, you know, not getting paid or whatever. So, And I've worked um, on films before, on feature length, as well as short and competition films. It is a miracle anytime a movie gets made at all. Like, there right. are so many moving parts. So I try and keep that in mind and be like, I didn't really, you know, I have my fan reaction of I didn't like Suicide Squad. And then I have my film kid reaction of, but, you know, good for them for being able to actually make this happen somehow. You know, like right. Deadpool is the greatest example of all things and that it was or Ash versus Evil Dead. I'm a huge, huge Evil Dead fan. And that's where I get my handle from. Nobi is, is from, uh, you know, um, Raymond Nobi is the guy who discovers the Book of the Dead in the Evil Dead series. Uh, oh, but uh, I was not impressed with Ash versus Evil Dead season one. I think there was a lot that they did wrong, a lot that they could have done better. But at the same time, it's the there is no way that show would exist if there weren't rabid fans that keep asking for an Evil Dead four and have been since the 90s when Army of Darkness came out. Right. So y you have to take the good with the bad. And. I don't think I would ever sue somebody like I did not like the I felt betrayed by the Green Lantern movie as a Green Lantern <laughs> fan. But I don't think it would come to the point where I would sue them over just, you know, they're film people. They're not movie people like total yeah. total tangent. Have you seen Ghost Heads, the documentary on Netflix no. about uh, Ghostbusters fans? No. So it was made last year, and it mostly follows this one guy who's just this massive fan, in my opinion, far too much of a fan, because he talks about his wife not liking it and, and, and that sort of thing. But it, the, the main point was he gets eventually um, over to the shooting location for the new Ghostbusters film, and they show him the new Ecto-1, and he's totally geeking out over it because he's you know in his uniform and, and you know he's just such a massive fan. And he's talking to everybody there who's working on location. He's like, yeah, and I talk a lot to, you know, this guy. I don't remember his name, but he's sort of the head, the very first, what they call ghost heads, very first Ghostbuster sort of cosplayer, super mega mm -hmm. fan. And he's like, I talked to this guy who, of course, I'm sure you know. And, like, you just see the faces of the guys working there like, no. And it's like, yeah, dude, that that's a PA probably. And their job is just to lock off the set during shooting and keep people from walking into the shot. Like, right. To them, it's a job because they're going to be working on another movie in a month, you mm -hmm. know. And so, like, I worked in television. I've met, you know, uh, film actors. I've met local celebrities when you're in small towns. And, you know, the fact that they're a news anchor makes them, you know, a big deal for some reason. And you're like, it's just it doesn't phase you. Like, I'm making a commercial. I'm sure thousands of people locally will watch it many, many times as it airs during primetime, you know. But you don't think about that. Your job is just, I'm just doing this job, right. you know? So I'm sure I've made a commercial at some time or somebody's like, but you didn't understand the history of this little, you know, mom and pop restaurant or whatever. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't need to. I just needed to make a commercial saying their, their burgers are half off this month or whatever the deal is. Yeah. Um, so it's understanding that, you know, they're just making the movie. Like the writer 
should be very dedicated to getting it right. The director should be dedicated, excuse me, to getting it right. And you'd like to think the actors would like to get a good sense of it. But some actors will never read source material because they want it to be their own thing, their own character as actors. And so their character to them is defined by the script, not all of the comics or books or whatever that came before. So it's you have to look at it with that vein and just be like, I'm just impressed the movie got made. It wasn't what I wanted it to be, but, you know, I went and they got my money and it did incredibly well. So hopefully we'll still see more movies of obscure comic book properties. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we anytime a, a comic book uh, movie comes out, my friend Ray and I hop on and we, we do an episode about it. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we ripped Suicide, uh, Suicide Squad apart. And, and it's not because, you know, we're angry that it wasn't um, good or, you know, we get passionate about it, but we try and look at it from a, a geek perspective and say, this is why, and this is why we didn't like it. But we're not, like, calling the director names, and, and you know, we, we understand that, that a lot of it is, is executives coming in and saying, well, this movie over here did this, so we need to do it too, and and you know we're not saying that you can't you know you can't find the nuance and debate the new i mean that's what our passions are about that's what part of being a geek is is being able to get into these big debates about what you did and did not like about the certain properties absolutely but at the end yeah but at the end of the day um you know these are people doing their job and they just kind of need to be allowed to succeed and fail as much as they do and that's just the way it is yeah and i i think cuz i did the same thing on on Uh, my podcast where we were ripping on Suicide Squad. And I suppose we never actually took the time to say that. Maybe I'll have to make that a disclaimer every time that I do an episode that it's like, to start, we're happy that a Suicide Squad movie, or I was, my friend had never heard of them. Like, I thought it was a really neat idea that Suicide Squad got made. Just like Guardians of the Galaxy. I loved that comic, and I was one of the lucky people that was reading that comic book before the movie happened. Mm-hmm. So I could go mm-hmm. in and say, this was from the book, this wasn't from the book. Oh, cool, that's Cosmo that they showed at the end of the movie, you know. And uh, I guess we didn't do that in my review. We didn't take the time to say, you know, it's neat that this got made. We were just the, we have no idea why Katana is there. We have no idea why, you know, Killer Croc is there. We have no, like, all of these characters are useless. It was a dumb villain. Like, the plot didn't really make a whole lot of sense. You know, like we tore into it the way that geeks tear into it. But, yeah, I suppose it should always be understood that us as geeks being passionate about something doesn't mean the reason we're so passionate is because we have such an appreciation. Exactly. And I think that's what we say. We, we, we always say, you know, the, the reason why we get so passionate, you know, we don't hate D.C. Yeah, we, we just get we're disappointed because we we feel like they could be doing so much more and they're just not getting there. And um, and it's very easy to backdoor direct or backseat direct oh, yeah. the uh, the show, you know, and that's fine because as long as you're doing it in a way that's like, you know, this is how I do it. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 a fine line that I think we we walk. But at the end of the day, we're not suing anybody. No, so I guess it's it's, okay. you always have to be self-aware about that and understand that you're also being selfish, you know, in that sense, too, because it's the. You wish it was a better movie for you as a fan, but the fan exactly. base, while it's going to help them certainly with their advertising and sort of that, you know, uh, social media kind of thing is like you're not the wider audience and it's Hollywood and 
because of the way Hollywood makes money and, and we don't need to get into that, but you know, the, what the theater makes versus what the distribution company and the production company makes and that sort of thing. They need the biggest opening weekend possible to make the most money possible. And that's all movies do now. Nobody is shooting for longevity. Everybody just wants a giant opening weekend and then that's it. The story's over. And so it needs to be a four quadrant film. It needs to be a PG 13 movie called suicide squad, where it's a group of killers who don't really kill people. Uh, Right. And so they, they need to do that to make that money. So it's just as fans, we also need to realize that we're not the average moviegoer, and they're also trying to expand their audience every time they make a movie. So like Batman versus Superman, a lot of people who don't read comics know who Batman and Superman are. So it's, it's understanding that is, but I mean, by all means, tear the thing apart. It's just make sure that you're not actually physically getting upset over a thing because if you're like, this isn't as good as the Harley Quinn in the cartoon, it's like, yeah, dude, but you still have the cartoon. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there's the thing that made you love the thing. It's okay if somebody wants to, you know, remake Ghostbusters because you, you, you can still go back and watch Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah, and honestly, I was saying this on my last episode, I, going to Comic-Con this year mm-hmm. and having everything just be classic Ghostbusters almost – ruined classic Ghostbusters for me because I feel like I'm like, oh my God, people, let it go. They made a all female Ghostbusters. Stop like holding on to the nostalgia of the old movie, yeah. which I absolutely love. And and because every time I saw a display it was Vankman and uh, you know, the, that whole original group. Yeah. And it's like you're basically middle fingering the current movie. Stop it. Well, even like the product tie-in commercials, it was they had male Ghostbusters in there. Yeah, like that's kind of just... yeah. So best best example of that, right? I know, uh, yeah, constant tangents from me, but best example of that: Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's a book mm-hmm. everybody liked. Then it got turned into radio plays. Then it got turned into a movie. Then it got turned into stage plays, and it it still had the same dude in the mix behind everything, but the story itself change to suit that uh, medium Mm -hmm. that to me is the best example of a fandom or like take something that becomes timeless like sherlock holmes you know we have right now you know we we have the sherlock holmes movies with robert downey jr you have the sherlock show on the bbc and then you have elementary like they're all pulling from the same series of books they're all pulling from this same uh, you know sort of archetypal now character and it's you got to relax because there's a lot of uh, Sherlock Holmes movies out there and, and TV shows. You don't need to like all of them. You can pick one and just like that. It's just now because all of this stuff is so new, you're like, oh, you're ruining this thing I love right now. It's like they're, they're totally not like how many again to bring up Batman, how many Batman stories are out there? You know, so it's OK for you to not like some of the things featuring a character or a property you like because there's going to be more so long as it's popular. And if people love it so much that they're redoing it over and over again, there's going to be more. And you always have the thing you love. You can always go back and read the Sherlock Holmes books if you hate elementary and you hate Sherlock and you hate the Sherlock Holmes movies. It's like, well, the source material is still there, dude. So, you know, read that. (laughs) Absolutely. And this has been your public service announcement (laughs) for the episode. (laughs) All right. We're going to hit these last two real quick. Yes, please. I'm sorry. I know I'm no, no. I mean, I, we're both very passionate about That's this. That's right. So, yeah. Um, Luke Cage full trailer came out. Did you get to see I it? I did. Yes. 
Are you excited as I am? I am. I really like the way he's being treated on Netflix. And I love the fact that they show him, spoilers, I guess, uh, getting out of the what I assume is the, the thing that turns him into, you know, the superhuman. They call him metahuman is DC. What do they call them in, in Marvel? Enhanced individuals or no, something think, like that? I think they're also metahumans. They call them metahumans in, in the Marvel universe as well? I think so. Uh, but either way, when he's getting out and he, they totally he's got the fro and he's got the armbands and the headband. I love that they did because I did, never in a million years would expect to see that version of Luke Cage anywhere. I love that they have it. And, you know, it's just for a moment. Yeah, you know, you it's know. just like it was just perfectly lined up with the technology he needed to bust out of. Yeah. So that we got that one shot. Oh. And then that's all you're going to have to see. Here's your here's your block of cheese. You can eat it. We're going to move on with everything else now. Yeah. Um, but I, I look forward to it. I, I really hope that it's going to hold up uh, to the same level as Daredevil and Jessica Jones. I think Netflix is really just rocking it when it comes to, to doing their, their Marvel TV stuff. Yeah, I know. I'm loving everything. That I cannot wait until Defender. When they, they said the, the Defenders teaser and it was just kind of the scrolling like comic book pages. Yeah, it's just the title like, treatment. No. Yeah. I was like that is just not fair. But that's that's actually the one I'm looking forward to the least. I'm loving the individual stories and I worry that once you go into a team atmosphere, you're going to end up running into sort of a suicide squad issue where who are you going to give the time to? Who's most important here, you know, and then figuring out how to take very different characters and put them together from shows that have very different tones as well. I think they're going to cross over a lot less than we think they are. I think that it's going to be a lot of, I mean, if you think about the latest daredevil film, there's really basically two stories. There was daredevil and Electra, and there was, um, Karen page and, and Punisher. And I think that's kind of what they'll do. They'll probably have, you know, two dealing with um, each other for half the movie and then the other two dealing with each other for half the episode. And, and, and so you'll get that back and forth. I don't think that they're going to fully cross over and all work together except for maybe two or three times throughout the entire series. Okay. Well, was, is Defenders going to be a series? I thought it, that was just going to be like a movie that they made. You know, I don't know. I thought it was going to be a um, a series just like everything else, but maybe I'm wrong. I could, yeah, and I I could totally be wrong there too. Because my worry then is you have what's supposed to be a team show, but it's totally not a team show. I would love a thing that's called like the Defenders, and each episode is you know we get a couple episodes of each character, very Game of Thrones style. We're going to jump around from story to story, and then eventually we'll get a little bit across. Like if they play it that way, I am on 100. Mm-hmm. percent I'm on board. I just yeah, that's kind of what I'm guessing they're going to do. It's just if it turns into an, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't I don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but, you know, that idea of, like, this team thing, and so we need to, everybody has to have their little bit in every episode, and, you know, your normal ensemble thing. To me, I it just feels like that wouldn't work as well, just because of the mix of characters. So, yeah. and I say that loving everything that they've done so far. It's just, yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to enjoy the, the solo stuff more. Yeah, I'm 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 hopeful because they've they've been so on the nose up until now. I'm I'm hoping that it does well, but uh, I can definitely see where your your concerns would be uh would be there. Yeah, yeah. And then the last thing is just I thought it was kind of a fun thing to bring up is that um we're now at the 30th anniversary of the Transformers movie. You got the, the touch. Over. You got the power. 
Oh my god, flashback. (laughs) I got the movie, I have the 25th edition DVD, I have the soundtrack. Yes, I am a Transformers the movie fan. Well, they have they have um on YouTube clips of them talking about restoring the the remastering it all. Yeah. And it it the the changes are are like the quality is just gorgeous. And the guys talking about how it's like every time they remaster this and the the technology gets better, they see more and more detail from the originals that they would have never seen that, that we may not have even seen if we went to see it in the theaters originally. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Cause I mean, again, my, my brother is um, also a, a huge, huge trans. He's a bigger transformers fan than, than I am. And, uh, but yeah, the movie, the animation is just so, I mean, it's very eighties, but the quality of it was so phenomenal in that, that movie. And it was just a great piece. And it did a thing with a, an intellectual property, especially a kid's property that I've never seen done anywhere else, which is here's the movie. We are going to murder 85% of the show's cast in the first 10 minutes. Like, yeah. oh, like just heartrending as a kid to be like, that was my favorite character. What do you do? Oh, it's so good. Like, I love the willingness to do that. I, I remember watching that in the theater and going, what just happened? Like, cause we were young yeah. when this came out and it was like, when you're a little kid and you, you, we'd never seen anything like this before, because this is the day of every GI Joe character got shot out of a plane and then parachuted, parachuted to safety. Yeah. So to wipe out that many characters at the beginning, like, what, it, what is going on? Like the death of Ironhide is oh. just devastating, man. I always like the character, but just, like it's a children's movie and he gets yeah. shot in the face like it's an off-screen thing but he's uh, like crawling like just grabbing at the ankle of Megatron just like no and he just looks down at him and what is it such a pitiful something I'm trying to remember the line and and shoots him point blank with a giant arm cannon in the head it's uh, yeah but I also love the idea that like yeah they're machines so if you fill them full of holes like you know, instead of in the show, like people might get injured and then repaired. Um, mm-hmm. But I really liked that. And I, I think that went on to later incarnations of Transformers. Like in Beast Wars, you would go into stasis lock if you were so injured. You'd basically shut down, you know. Um, right. And, and I like that they introduced that sort of element into the series. But, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So I, I expect it'll probably be something that I'll go out and, and buy. Uh, I haven't watched the the DVD forever, but... Yeah, I, I kind of can't say no. And I'm very interested to see how the 4K... I just bought a 4K television in the last year. It was a huge splurge, and we saved up for it. Um, and so I'm I'm really excited to see what it's going to look like. Yeah, well, I, it sounds like it's going to sound... It's it's going to look phenomenal. It, it, you know, just the stuff you can see on your, your computer monitor looks amazing, so... Yeah. So that is out there, people. <laughs> look for it. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been talking a lot about everything today, but the reason why I had you on the show is because you are currently, as I said, my my comic book go-to guy. Awesome. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about how somebody like me who has been kind of out of the comic book loop for a while might hop back in. Ooh, that is excellent. Well, right now, comics have been going the mainstream, what's known as the big two, DC and Marvel have been going through a lot of reboots lately. 
where they're dropping new series or they're dropping series that don't sell well, starting a bunch of new series. They're trying to find the new things that stick. So over at DC right now, there's rebirth. Everything is relaunching with number ones. And then before that, they're getting. Oh, excuse me. So everything is relaunching with number ones. And then before that, they're getting um, just a single rebirth issue, which sort of just catches you up. And then mm-hmm. and then the series goes with the number one. So if there's any character, any kind of book you wanted to jump onto, you have that opportunity. Um, the big thing I would suggest is go to the library, like okay. go see what they have and pick something up off the shelf because it's free. It'll take you a half hour, hour, depending on how fast you read and how long you want to you know, enjoy the, the artwork and something to read a trade. And that's a great way to find new series. Like uh, for me, a lot of it is I'll go and I'll read reviews on IGN or, or wherever. And I'll say, Oh, they're really rating this book highly. And then um, I was reading the Lucifer series just because it interested me. And, and I had heard good things and I went to the library and they had the new 52 wonder woman by Brian Azzarello. And I picked that up, loved it. And I ended up going and, and uh, reading the whole series that way. And it was just because it happened to be on the shelf next to the thing I was actually looking for. Um, so for me, that's the best way to get started is to, and try something is just go to the library and it's you're a kid in a candy store. You know, pick out whatever looks good to you and read it. If you don't like it, put it back and, and try something else. As, as somebody that's comfortable reading comics, I guess. There's other people like my wife who just doesn't click with the format of comics. So then you have to try a little harder to find something that would work. Um, but that has always been mine is, is pick up a trade. Cause that way you're reading a, a total story, a whole volume and you know, it's free. And so if you don't like it, there's, there's no, you know, you're not losing anything. It's no harm, no foul. Awesome. Yeah. It's funny. Cause we, we talked a little bit before we, we started recording about, um, the episode you had your wife on and how, and I, I, there are a lot of similarities between your wife and my husband, uh, both like weather yeah. and, uh, and both don't care for the comic book format because as she was talking about that, I'm like, that is what he, Matt complains about when I try and get him to read, um, uh, different, different things that I like. I know he's starting to try because he really wants to be, um, in the know about stuff that I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. But he still says that it's kind of hard for him uh, to there, – there's so much going on in the panels that he has trouble keeping the flow of the story because he gets distracted by all the input. Right. And so I, it, it's something that I think you and I growing up with comic books just don't think about that if you weren't brought up in this format, it, it is something that takes a little bit of getting used to. Especially because the format itself has evolved. Yes. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's – it's very different from when we were kids or I have one of my favorite things ever was a gift for my dad. It's a hardcover called stacked deck, the greatest Joker stories ever told. And it goes back to the first Joker stories. So you're reading back when they literally had to add arrows onto the page to tell you which panel to look at next, Mm -hmm. you know, due to some of the layout issues versus now where you have something like Batwoman or whatever that just has this, ridiculously artistic. Like you could hand that to somebody that doesn't read comics. They have no idea what to make of it. They'll be like, this is really pretty, (laughs) you know, but they're not going to figure out how to separate that from the story and be able to go in and read. So, yeah, I mean, for my wife, I had suggested Lumberjanes, got her a random issue of Lumberjanes because it's a fun 
very light, very lighthearted comic. It's not heavy on continuity. It's not heavy. There's nothing stressful in the comic. You know, it's not dark. Nobody's getting killed. Um, and she was just like, it was fine. I just, you know, can't uh, get behind the format. So I almost wonder if it would have been smarter to to give her a trade instead of a single issue. But it's, you know, also the time commitment. It's not read this whole trade. It was just see see what you make of this. Because Lumberjanes are usually one and done, or for a while they were one and done stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problem with introducing somebody to trade like that is if they're if they're struggling to get through a single issue. Yeah, giving them the entire the entire storyline is a little bit overwhelming. I think. Yeah, exactly. Right now, what what comics do you feel are are nailing it right now and um are there any that you would steer clear for the moment that is a really really good question um i don't really ever like telling people to steer clear of books because it's like tv shows everybody has a a different uh opinion everybody has a different sense of what is good and what is bad so Mm -hmm. i don't really like telling people this is just plain old awful don't touch it because a lot of those books, I don't want to say I don't read, but if I'm seeing that it gets really bad reviews, I, I usually steer clear myself. I don't. I suppose right. that's not really fair. I should be able to you know, give things a shot, but unless it's something that's suggested to me. As far as books that are really killing it that I've been enjoying, um, Saga has always been a good book. I feel like the most recent arcs have not been um, – the pace has slowed down a lot. Same with The Walking Dead, though The Walking Dead is just kicking into another thing. Um, anything by Greg Rucka. Uh, I'm reading his Wonder Woman. I'm not a huge – I loved Brian Azzarello's Wonder Woman, but it was the first time I read a Wonder Woman book. Um, but his Lazarus book I really like. A lot of the things I have seem like they're sort of on hiatus, like Scarlet by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex. It's either Meliave or Meliev. I don't know how to pronounce it right. Fantastic book. Like it's a stressful book. It's a very poignant book because it has to do with corruption and police and government and that sort of thing. Um, But I just I really, really fell into the plot of that one a lot. But as far as I'm aware, that book is on on hiatus right now. Um, And a lot of the books that I've enjoyed, the books that were sort of my favorite, got canceled. So my list tends to dwindle and I try and pick up new things. So, oh boy, I'm trying to think what I'm reading right now that I jump on constantly. I'm liking Green Lanterns for what it is. Uh, that's one of two new Green Lantern books. And if each because there's two Green Lanterns right now, right? Well, there's always been hundreds and well, there's always been yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's two that they're focusing on right in, now that are actually are they working together? Yes. Yeah, so in the Green Lanterns plural, it's the first time they've had a, a comic named Green Lanterns as a, uh, that I'm aware of. It's two fairly new Green Lanterns. There's Simon Baz, who is uh, Middle Eastern American, and there is Jessica Cruz, who is the first female Green Lantern of Earth. There's been female Green Lanterns before, but she's the first Earth woman to be a... um, You know, that's not fair to say either, because Jade was totally a Green Lantern for a time. I've been saying that, and I've been totally wrong. That just just hit me, because Jade Jade is... um, the daughter of the original Green Lantern, Alan Scott, the Golden Age Green Lantern from the World War II days. And so she had 
Green Lantern like powers and then for a while lost those powers and then Green Lantern uh, Kyle Rayner gave her a ring and she was actually Green Lantern in the Green Lantern comic for a while. So I totally take that back. Anybody who says that is wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's two rookie lanterns and Hal Jordan decided that the way to train the men is for them to share a power battery so they always have to work together to charge the rings. And, and um, so it's very much the cop partners were both sort of rookies one's a hothead one is more timid kind of thing um and i'm enjoying that the art on wonder woman is amazing i i read so much stuff i i'd have to go and and actually look but i don't know that there's anything right now that's coming out month to month that i am super excited to jump on and read i'm enjoying walking dead but for the most part um i don't think right now there's a series that I uh, devour. I need to catch up on Walking Dead. I'm I'm like right before or I'm right I'm right after where they are in the TV series okay. and I realize he's taking it in a different direction in the TV series but yeah. I I still like to not be spoiled in the book by the movie okay. or by the TV show. Yeah, yeah. So I I need to get on those. I need to get on those pretty darn quick too cuz I'm I'm sure it's coming back in October. Yeah, and they did a really big time jump in the comic too, which I thought was interesting. Um but yeah, I mean Walking Dead is always a good read. I've never not enjoyed um Walking Dead. But yeah, beyond that, I'm just going to explore the Hoopla thing and and start picking out new stuff for myself. Like I I read the first volume of Southern Bastards and it was pretty good and it lots of interesting twists and turns and I'm a Jason Aaron fan so I really like his Thor book and uh, Doctor Strange is really good as well it's just they're not as good as like the first two volumes of Thor God of Thunder which were awesome now you had mentioned earlier um, that you still um, follow Buffy. Yes. Now that is something that I've always kind of wanted to to get into, but haven't. Is that something worth going in and and picking up from the the first comic book season? I think so. There's a lot of changes, and there's a lot of stuff in there that's sort of fan servicey. And when I tell my wife, my wife is also a Buffy fan. When I tell her about the big plot points in the comic, there's a lot of well, that's stupid. <laughs> um, but if you read like in the back of comics where there's notes and stuff, or if you read, um, you know, via trades or anything and there's notes from the author and stuff, they talk about how there's a lot of learning that went on, especially in that first season, because initially they're saying, oh, well, we're going to do everything we wanted to do in the show, but couldn't because of budget. So like mm -hmm. it starts out with Buffy and like an army of slayers that she's leading now. Spoilers. Um, but uh, and then eventually they really slimmed it down to more of the main cast again. I have not been as impressed with the most recent stuff. I feel like it's just sort of plug, you know, plugging along sort of a, mm -hmm. a plotting a pace and stuff, but there are interesting big ideas, but it is very much a comic book. Now is I think the most important thing that people need to realize it does not flow the way the show flowed. It is not uh, small and insular the way the show was small and insular it is very much a comic book, and they're doing comic booky things. Big fights, big battles, big storylines, big world-changing stuff every season of the, of the comic. And I, I think I'm okay with that, because I, I think if it's a good story, I'm, I tend to be all in. I think that's where, you know, I had mentioned uh, the, the Legion pre-patch for World of Warcraft, mm -hmm. and talk about, about fans getting upset... 
you know, spoilers, I won't say specifically, but they killed off one of my absolute favorite characters. And, you know, devastating, devastating. But the story that they're telling is so good that it's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to move past that because you've taken me from, you know, he didn't die in vain. And it's a, a mode to tell the story going forward. And I think as long as a, a, a book or a game or a TV series is is keeping true to their story, they, they've got me. And exactly like we've said in the past, like, there's no reason to not try a thing. So go and read the Buffy comics, and if you don't like them, you still have Buffy. You can still always yeah, go exactly. back and watch Buffy. Exactly. In fact, uh, I've, again, I've mentioned this on the show a couple of times. We have uh, friends that are out. I, I live in Palm Springs, California, so we're very much a, a snowbird community. Mm-hmm. So we have people that um, actually live in Minnesota that are uh, out here during the fall and spring. And when they're out here, they're huge Buffy fans. So uh, they've they've actually named their dog uh, Anyanka. Nice. And uh, so when they come out here, we um, we'll watch. We'll we'll get together for dinner and we'll watch three to five episodes of Buffy because my husband's never seen it before, and so we get to relive all those episodes. And he gets to, uh, well, he gets to enjoy our company because he really doesn't care about Buffy, but we're forcing him to do it. Nice. Are you watching them on like DVD or do you watch them on Netflix? Um, we stream them on Netflix. We stream them on Netflix. And it, <laughs> How are you enjoying the widescreen? Like, I know there's a couple episodes specifically where, like, somebody breaks a chair on somebody, and then a hand reaches in from, like, the side and just... Set, oh, I haven't noticed set, that. There's one episode in particular. It's in Buffy's house, I think. And somebody goes and, and takes a piece that is going to become, like, a steak or something and just, like, slides it in. Or maybe that was an Angel episode. My wife and I did a thing where we watched them as we would have watched them when they aired. So we went back and forth between Buffy and Angel. Watching mm-hmm. And that's what we're kind of planning on doing once we get to that point. Yeah, definitely was not as big a fan of Angel. Uh, no, me neither. Yeah. But that, no, that was pushed, fun. I we, did that and then did a massive, you know, Buffy comic read to just be like, nice. absorb it all. But it took way too long and there was huge periods of time where I couldn't get to it. So it was... Uh, not a complete success in what I was trying to do with it, but I still enjoyed it. And that's how I caught up on all those back issues that I had that I, I hadn't touched. Well, I think that what I, 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 I may do is I may get a couple of the trades and, and read through them and then pass them off to the guys mm-hmm. so that they can read them just because I think that that might be a fun way to kind of rope them in to the, uh, the comic book world. Yeah. Or even if looking at different uh, media, there's the, um, you ever read the Tales of the Slayers books? No. There's a series of just short stories featuring different slayers through history, and uh, I I really like those. I, I um yeah I, I read the they came out back in like the early 2000s I think. Um, but yeah, I mean there's there's those there's good books and there's Buffy comics that are also just Buffy comics. Like they had mm-hmm. their own series that was not connected to the show. Um that ran for quite a long time and it was just then eventually they turned it into the season uh, by season stuff after the show ended. Um, but yeah, there's all sorts of different Buffy. I mean, it was, cre- she was created to be a multimedia thing. So there's, yeah. there's all sorts of stuff out there for people to, to try if they don't necessarily want to continue the show. Well, I think that transitions us into a good point that there are really comic books for anybody, like depending on what your, genre is there's so much stuff out there i mean we we've spent relatively little time in, in you know this this section of the podcast talking about um 
you know, Cape and Cowl characters. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that's what I, 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 people who are are new to comics sometimes don't realize that it's not all superheroes. No, no, it's not. I mean, obviously, that's what people can say. The first comic books weren't superheroes. They were collections of Sunday funnies. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And um, I, I mean, there might be a historian out there that will argue with me. And I know that's not entirely accurate, but that's, <laughs> that's neither you nor there. <laughs> uh, but yes, like it, it's the same as music. It's the same as movies. It's the same as television. It's not a comic books are not a subject specific thing. It's not a genre specific thing. It's a medium. And just like any medium, it can be used a million different ways to tell a million different stories and engage with audiences, you know, in in a million different uh, ways. Absolutely. Anything else that you think uh, somebody new to comic books should um, should be looking for, should be thinking about um, tips or tricks? You know, I think the the best thing is obviously if you have friends, you know, ask. Um, otherwise, you can do a little bit of research if if there's a genre that you like. Is start with something that matches a thing you normally like. Like if you like big superhero stuff, go read superhero stuff. If you want something more adult or if you want to read a fantasy comic, you know, all the different genres are there and they're present. There's comic books that are adaptations of books. There's comics that are adaptations of movies, though they're generally terrible. Um, you know, I would, say, <laughs> true. I would say this. Don't go and read a prequel comic to a video game or a movie. Don't no. start there. There are exceptions. Uh, Injustice, the uh, Gods Among Us comic. A uh, mm-hmm. bit of a roller coaster, good and bad, but in general, really good, especially the first couple years because there's like year five or something is what they're on now. The first really, really good, really good writing and stuff. So there are exceptions, but in general, I would not go that route. Instead, I would do, you know, go to the library and just grab a thing. And if you don't like it, don't hate all of comics because, you know, it's like you can't turn on television and see an episode of um, – I don't know. What's a bad television show? I don't watch nearly enough television. Uh, I don't want to get myself into trouble. Right. Say, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but say you see an episode of, um, I don't know, Grey's Anatomy or something. My wife's a Grey's Anatomy fan. I know there's, there's a lot of them out there. But just say you, you watch an episode of a show. You see a soap opera and you don't like it. You're like, I have no idea what this is, but I'm not a fan. Like, that doesn't mean you hate television. Right. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for for being on the show today and yeah. and kind of telling us about comic books and helping us get back into it. I know it's something that I'm trying to um, increase my geekitude on because it's it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we said, you know that the time is not always there, but I'm, I'm trying to ease back in. Um, so thank you for for kind of uh, giving us some pointers and some some entry points. Yeah, you bet. All right. Uh, is there any any acknowledgments you'd like to shout out to any people that you'd like to say hi to? Well, I'd love to say hi to my friends, but most of them don't actually listen to my podcast. Um, I would uh, like I had I had my buddy Matt on the podcast. It was like, have you ever actually listened to? He's like, no. <laughs> I I understand that feeling. I have a couple of friends that um are are uh, true true fans, and um, and in fact, my my friend Rob. Uh, who is my my comic book guy? Uh, you know, tells me all about. You know, he's he's the other person I go to when I have questions about comic books. Um, I know he listens to, but there are a lot more that don't than do. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so I, I guess if I shout out to anybody, you know, Boyd and Beach, I know they, they were not kind and, and gave a, a shout out to me when, when they were guests on the podcast. So, uh, those guys. Yeah. And I guess anybody who's from my podcast, listening to this podcast, we will say thanks for coming over and listening and keep listening. Cause I've, I've listened to several of your episodes now and, and I do enjoy it. It's good. It's a good podcast. Listen to this thing. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. And yes, if you're if you're new because of Rob, stick around a little bit because hopefully we will uh, we'll do some stuff that you enjoy. There won't be many. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a, I don't um, have a huge listener base, but it's growing. It's growing. So hopefully you know, one one episode a bit at a time, that's right? It. That's it. Exactly. Um, I want to send a shout out to L of the Nerd Out app. Uh, congratulations on your one year. Uh, you're doing some crazy, amazing things. And we're going to try and have her on again soon when she has some more stuff to tell us about. Every every couple of weeks, she releases a new city. And so if you are not using the Nerd Out app to find uh, local nerd and geek gatherings and events in your area, check it out because it's a really great way to connect with other people. So Yeah, yeah, that's definitely – that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to do that this afternoon because I'm getting together with, with my my other uh, uh, nerdy, geeky comic books, my buddy Liam and my other buddy uh, uh, Dr. Ray. Um, we're going to be getting together this afternoon, so I'm totally going to bring that up because we're always looking for cool stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, check it out because I've, I've found a couple things, and it's, it's kind of fun to, to – Especially when you travel and you're in an area that you're looking for stuff to do. Mm-hmm. We went up to Portland and found a whole bunch of stuff up there when we were there. So Awesome. Yeah, definitely check it out. Perfect. Uh, do you have anything coming up in your next couple of weeks you want to plug? Um, well, I'm going to have a really, really cool episode of my podcast with this really neat guy as my guest. Uh, <laughs> his name is Joe. He hosts a podcast himself, which is really interesting. Um no, not really. Like I don't my my podcast is very week to week. I I am not skilled enough to plan things out weeks ahead of time. I will be reviewing movies as they come out, but mostly it's the trying different stuff and then looking for feedback when people are like, "Oh, we like it when movie reviews are their own episode instead of tagged on to the end of one or mm-hmm. you know, do more reviews, less reviews, more news, less news, you know, that kind of thing." So, no, I'm just going to keep on keeping an on and uh well, very cool. People dig yeah, it. check out Check out the the comic box guys because it is it is a very good show, especially if you're like me and trying to keep up with comic books without actually reading them. Yeah, and especially when I have guests on because I know it's less fun when it's just me. I, I do my best, but when it's just you sitting alone in a booth, um, it's not nearly as entertaining. So, but I, I am working on that. I'm getting a lot of people to to come on the show as well. Well, and and, mm. and as feedback from me, I can I can say that. Um, I, I understand how sitting down in front of a microphone, just you, is never as um, as easy. It always feels like you're just kind of rambling. Yeah. But I, I, I do enjoy your um, segments that when it's just you because you have a, a very good way of covering your material. So. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's just – it's tough. I'm trying – if you're trying to be funny or entertaining and it's just you and a mic, uh, yeah. But good. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad it works out. Cool. Um, for us, um, obviously, we're going to be on uh, the comic box. So if uh, you know, check that out if you'd like to hear us talk a little bit more. But also, um, we are two weeks out from NerdCon and my first uh, Comic Con panel. So that is going to be happening the weekend of uh, August. I think it's the twenty eighth. I usually have it in the notes and I didn't copy it over today. So that's confirmed now because I know before you were kind of just. 
Yeah, no, it is absolutely confirmed. Right. They never gave me the green light to actually start telling people. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm taking it now because it's two weeks, and uh, if we want people to go, we should probably be advertising it. So, ten o'clock and eleven thirty. The ten o'clock panel will be um, about podcasting. The eleven thirty will be a little bit about what we talked about today about being a better fan and. Um, you know, not suing companies because you don't like the trailer <laughs> that they've released. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have people from the Average Geek Show, from the WEC podcast, uh, Dumbbells and Dragons, uh, L from the Nerd Out app, and uh, Ray, if you've listened to Geektitude for a while, he's he's my, my movie buddy. So we will all be doing one or both of those panels. So check us out in Escondido on the 28th. Nice. Are you going to be able to record that then and turn that into an episode? That is my hope. I hope so because I my schedule currently has that is the the t- next two episodes <laughs> after the weekend. Awesome! So I look if they don't let me record, I'm in trouble. <laughs> well, I look forward to that. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be that'll be there. And then September, we are going to dedicate to kind of the positive things that that geeks can do. So the the first episode in September will be that. Uh, uh, be a better geek panel from NerdCon, and then I'm I'm lining up some guests that are all trying to use geekdom to to better the world around them. So that's what you have to look forward to in September. Nice. And next week, because Pokemon Go has been all the rage, <laughs> yeah. As of late, uh, I am going to be talking to SBJ of. Uh, it's Super Effective Podcast, which is the number one Pokemon podcast out there. So if you have been curious about what this uh, Pokemon Go craze is, I'm sure we will be talking a lot about it. But if, you are, if you're tired of Pokemon Go, don't let that discourage you because we'll be talking about all sorts of other stuff as well. Nice. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound. It is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you would like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Uh, Rob, how can we find you? I can also be found via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and, and all those other things. Search for the Comic Box. It's the definitive article there, so The Comic Box. Uh, you can find all of the geek to geek podcast shows at geek to geek Oh, boy, I have to get this right. <laughs> Geek2GeekCast.net. And you can sign up for updates so you can get uh, updates on all the different geek to geek uh, podcast network shows. As for myself, I am on Twitter at Novi, so that is at K-N-O-W-B-Y. Or you can shoot me an email at thecomicboxpodcast at gmail.com. Did that sound rehearsed at all? I've said it a few times now. <laughs> After a while, it just start like I'm, I'm surprised when I trip myself up because I'm like, I've said it enough times. I've said it 42 times right by now. Right. I should be able to get it right. Yeah, I fall into my TV <laughs> voice. When I do that, be like, you can find us online at this thing here or go here online. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Rob, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. I look forward to you joining me. Yeah, we're going to do a quick turnaround here. (laughs) For all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek.